Hey, Edugladiators, this is Marlena Gross-Taylor here. Excited to be hacked this morning, April <laughs> Fool's Day. But this is no joke because we Woo! are hacked by uh, an amazing educator yeah. uh, and master hacker, James Studevant, <laughs> uh, author yeah. of Hacking Engagement. Hey. Talk to you, man. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. You do too. I'm glad you. I'm glad you combed your hair as well. That's awesome. Well, you know something. Last night was my 56th birthday, so I had my friends over, and we were up pretty late. <laughs> so I might look yeah. a little better on other days. <laughs> I did not know that. Happy birthday. Yes, ma'am. Well, it's yes. Happy birthday. Yeah. Oh, it's still happy belated birthday. Still, yes. that's awesome. I'm yeah. I'm even more honored that you're here today, <laughs> the day after. The day after, right? <laughs> this early, looking probably. For, looking forward to bedtime tonight. <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are. Well, yeah. hey, Edgy Gladiators, if you are in our chat today, your head is probably still spinning. I know mine is. My tweak mm -hmm. deck is just on fire this morning with all of the goodness, all of the awesome ideas. Uh, shared about hacking engagement. But before we get started in talking uh, to James, let's uh, learn a little bit more about him. So sure. James, tell us about yourself. Well, in 1985, I was just about ready to be introduced as a new teacher at, the, at my first school, my first job. And right before they introduced me, they gave somebody a pat on the back on the way out the door. You know, this was this guy's 32nd year. <laughs> And I, was, I looked at my friend and said, man, how in the hell can anybody do this job for 32 years? And that was 32 years ago, man. <laughs> so it's, wow. so it's, it's funny how life progresses. Now, as far as becoming an author, it was not on my bucket list. It wasn't something I intended to do. Uh, I had a student teacher about five years ago. This young man's doing a really good job. This professor comes in and observes the class. She pulls me aside afterward, and we just developed this relationship. She was impressed with the, the classroom culture and the atmosphere in my, in my room. And then over a, a number of conversations, she encouraged me to write a book, which I was like, what the heck? I'll do it. And that's, I went to, I went to school one day thinking about what I was going to have for lunch, and I came home an aspiring author that day. So that's how I got on this train, and that was five years ago. I wrote a book called You've Got to Connect. And, and by writing that book, I got in touch with a number of people. And one person, my publisher, Mark Barnes, was involved in our Twitter chat this morning. A young man from Cleveland Heights, Ohio. I live in Columbus, Ohio. I saw and Mark. He, Thanks, Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he contacted me uh, last year and said, Jim, I love what you do. I love your writing. How about writing a book on engagement? And, you know, Marlena, that was so much in my wheelhouse because that is – something I focus on constantly when creating any type of lesson. So the resulting book, Hacking Engagement, is 50 hacks, each of which is only about six or 700 words. They're not long at all. It's not a long book. Ideas on what you can do tomorrow. You know, figure things out over the next, over the weekend, what you can do tomorrow. And that inspired my podcast. I'm now up to 49 episodes, so. I thought writing 50 would be hard, but I, I'm just getting started, man. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. If you have not picked up his book, you definitely need to do that. And he'll share, James will share at the end of our time today uh, exactly yeah. where you can do that. And again, thank you, Mark, for joining in our Edu Gladiators chat today. 
Uh, it was, mm -hmm. it's still going, it's still going right now. I'm looking at the tweet deck and it's still mm -hmm. going. Uh, for those of you that are listening live, you can actually type in questions or your comments or your thoughts and the live feature of, of, our, of our time together mm -hmm. today. And we will ask James your questions so you can sure. hear directly from him. So please don't be afraid to type in your questions uh, and have that part going. If you are watching a recording of this, if you're watching this a little bit later, again, at the end, James will share how to, how to connect with him so you can ask him questions as well and really get your engagement up 10 notches, you know, in your classroom. And I have to say something that I was what, replying and retweeting and favoriting so quickly. I'm really looking forward to going back and reading some of these. And there was one person, I forget if it was a man or a woman, who said, try this instead of SurveyMonkey. It's a better system. I'm all about that. And so I'm, I'm going to be on that. I'll be all over that like a cheap suit next week. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's the power of the PLN. You know, you get uh, yeah. amazing ideas that, that you haven't heard of or thought about, and you have an instant, uh, instant expert in that idea, you know, that you can well, reach out why, to. Hey, I'm just, I'm just one of you. You know, I, I'm, I'm just somebody in the trenches that just happened to write this book. But I learned from my colleagues all the time. In my book, I'd say I was responsible for, for about 20 of the hacks. And then the rest, I'm interviewing other people and, and learning about what they're doing. And in my podcast, I always try to have students on because nobody asks them. <laughs> well, you know, that is so interesting. So here's one of the things I noticed from the chat um, is that during uh, one of the questions, someone, I know you actually shared this, hook mm -hmm. kids with boxer. Yeah. I know personally, I've always thought of Boxer as a great way to connect with my PLN, uh, yeah. whether it's, you know, across the nation or in my, in my district or, you know, my colleagues. But to hook kids with Boxer, can you talk about a little bit how that hack works? Sure. Um, if you're not familiar with Boxer, it's the 21st century walkie-talkie. It's just a simple app you put on your phone and you just talk into it. Someone else listens, talks back. And at first, when I was first exposed to this, Marlena, you might be the same. I was like, okay, what's the big deal? <laughs> you know, so what? <laughs> Why don't you just call them? But what happens is it's such an easy way to communicate. When you text somebody, it's pretty non-invasive. You know, they can read it on their own time. When you vox somebody, it's, it's the same concept. You're talking to them, but they're listening on their own time. So I got kids to try it out. And they were instantly, oh, this is kind of neat, what have you. But I had these literary circles in my social studies class, and I wanted them to collaborate outside of my room. And I couldn't figure out a good way to do that. I mean, they could email each other, whatever. But I had them do uh, chats with one another, had them conduct their literary circle, their book club chat outside of the classroom. They had to do it. And then what that fostered was an amazing collaborative atmosphere in these book clubs and I was part of the group so at nine o'clock at night I'm sitting home watching this is us with my wife <laughs> and all of a sudden I got a box great show and I got a box from some kids saying I don't understand this and I have the choice at that point whether to respond or not but I always respond I can't help myself and so I come in the next day and all of a sudden that student and I have had this interaction have had this collaboration outside of the room that's powerful. And so you can use Voxer to create little groups inside your class that can interact with one another outside the room. That's the whole point.
I love that. And in our, our chat, uh, again, if you want to ask James a question, please drop it in the chat. Our chat is starting to light up right now. And uh, Joelle said that Voxer makes it a little more human, makes that interaction a little more human. Uh, and I mm. totally agree with that, whether it's with each other as, a, as adults or, again, like you said, I mean, that's big to interrupt this is up because hey, I'm a I fan. Wanna, so that's wanna, huge. Marlene, who said that? Joel McLean. He was also uh, also yeah. featured as our podcast. He's an educator up in Canada. Hey, is Joe or Joel? Joel. Joel, I uh, I want to tell Joel this, and he might know it already. Going along those lines, a great way to grade papers is Kaizena, which is voice grading. And what I found is it's just this app that goes on uh, Google. You know, it's it's compatible with Google Classroom. And what I found with Kaizena is you highlight a part of the paper and then you talk you talk to the student and what i found is that kids will listen to those and they will not read the comments and i think it's because of that personal nature of things and also on kaizena you can mandate that they respond back to you you can make grading more of a of a process as opposed to a one-time event a collaborative process and i i agree with joelle on that Voxer makes it more human. Kaizena makes <laughs> what it needs to be, man. I love it. How do you spell that? The Kaizena? I haven't heard of that. It's K-A-I-Z-E-N-A. It is powerful. And Kaizena. it works. Yeah, it works seamlessly with Google. You give your kids uh, an invite code. If they're on Google Classroom, bam, they're in automatically. And then they pass in your paper, you highlight parts, and you start yakking. I love that. I love that. Hey, we have yes. another another question from uh, Dr. Sine Bell. She is mm -hmm. a principal in Texas, um, and she asked, you know, as a principal, how do you help teachers who think they are engaging but they're <laughs> missing the mark? I've never been a principal. I think Dr. Bell, that would be really really hard. I, I think I, I think the best thing you can do with anybody, kids, adults, is just lead by example and. If, if you can get them teamed up with someone on staff that's really good at engagement, that's very effective in that regard, it might develop a relationship uh, where they see things a different way. But my wife was a middle school principal for years. That's not an easy thing, Dr. Bell, but I, I, know, I know from my standpoint as a teacher, if, uh, if an administrator comes to me and wants me to take something on and I feel like it's a collaborative thing, I, I'm more receptive to it. I don't know if that's a great answer, but again, I, I just haven't had experience as a principal. Well, I like what you said about, uh, James, about leading by example. Um, mm -hmm. I know that definitely when you're talking about tech, people have different comfort levels when, uh, when no we talk kidding. about using tech to increase mm -hmm. engagement. Uh, and we also had, a, I saw a comment, uh, I can't remember who said it, but I saw a comment from today's chat that I thought was really interesting and and I I kind of like it actually I do <laughs> but it also it also reminded me of that people are at different levels and different um, think differently about using tech someone said essentially that uh, they use little tech yeah. to uh, awaken student engagement through reading and conversation so they actually may not use some of these tools for, for students to talk about uh, a book or whatever literature. So what's your thoughts and, on that? And Marlene, who, who said that? Uh, who, who made that I think comment? it was, 
um, I think it was Robert. Robert is a regular for Edge of Gladiators. Yeah. We love having him in. Robert, I, I love that comment. I mean, it really stuck out when I was watching the uh, feed. And I thought about it. And, 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 and I just love it. And I think you're right. I mean, the average person spends three hours a day on their cell phone. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else. And I, I like tech. And I think the kids like tech. And I use tech because I like it. And it seems to work. But I... I, I would never try to tell someone that they have to use something or need to use something. And I've got an idea for you, sir. Uh, there's a tremendous app called Moment, just like take a moment. It's M-O-M-E-N-T. And it tracks your screen time on your phone daily. And I've got it on my phone. And I was ashamed of myself the first day <laughs> when I got this app because it shows you just how much you use that app or, or, or your phone in general or technology in general. So if you were trying to introduce maybe a low-tech lesson, what a great hook it would be for maybe the, the 24 hours before for students to use this Moment app, and it might make them open to another paradigm. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've spoken quite a bit about when I, when I go out to speak or support uh, schools yeah. is that um, – you know, there is tech definitely has a place and we do need to make sure our kids are prepared using that and we need to model that. And it's definitely the love language of our students is technology. But we also have a responsibility to teach them the interpersonal skills <laughs> that yes. tech doesn't necessarily uh, enforce. Yes. And, and how to have a conversation oh my with gosh. each other. Yes. Uh, and, and I love Robert. That's why I said, Robert, I, I really like that what you said because. Uh -huh we automatically think tech and, and that's not necessarily the case it's about yeah. having authentic to me about having authentic conversation discussion collaboration uh, and sometimes you know tech is is a great platform for it other times you just need you know butcher paper and markers I, I think Robert needs to write a book on that that'd be a great book bringing back yeah. uh, bringing back the human nature, I forget the word you used, but it was something along the lines of, you know, bringing back those, those social skills that have been lost by technology. That would be a terrible title. <laughs> it's going it's to be tighter than that. <laughs> but the idea is no sound. So yeah. It is. It is. Robert, uh, I hope you're listening because that, that <laughs> is so true. And Robert also shared a, a, a blog that he had posted in Edutopia with yeah. awesome young adult fiction books that help stimulate those conversations as mm -hmm. well so you can have kids talking about talking about the right things um, robert, I, I'm, I'm with robert I, I like that i love a balance i love a balance to that yeah. so yeah. james so tell me this one of the questions you started out the gate with today's chat was how do you assess yeah. true student engagement and yeah. i just love the answers about yeah. that so can you talk a little bit more about how how you how do you assess that well i think that the answer is really man because i think that's not easy to do i mean is someone really listening to you or are they just placating you is is, is someone with their head down really listening perhaps maybe uh it's really tough to assess the way you have to do it is students very well <laughs> and then you have to read body language <laughs> and then you have to take what 
take what they give you and, and see how deep they've gone. You know, look, look at their submissions and see how deeply they've gone. Now, I had this girl, Marlena, this just blew me away, man. This girl's in the back, and she's always on her smartphone, always. And, you know, you kind of take that personal as a teacher after a while. You're like, dang, you know, why doesn't why does this girl listen to me? Heck, man, she knew everything I said. It was just the way she is. It's, it's just the way she processes information. I don't think it's a good way. But she was engaged, but she sure the heck didn't look like it. So it's something that you have, it's more of an art than a science, man. I mean, you just have to kind of become very perceptive. You just got to work on it, man. Absolutely. And one of, uh, one of, our, one of our regular edgy gladiators, uh, Michael Taylor, no relation, yeah. but we, he's my cousin, um, <laughs> is that he put that kids should be asking like, wait, it's over? Like at the end of class. And I, I totally right. agree with that. If you have an engaging class, the kids should be running to get to your room. So they shouldn't mm -hmm. necessarily be, as we say in the South, lollygagging in the hallways. They should be <laughs> running to get to you. And then when the bell rings, they should be like, wait a minute, hey, is it over? The young people in the South say lollygagging. I bet they don't. I bet that's I, an old people saying. Okay, well, when you're 28 forever. Because <laughs> you know what? I had some kids say something the other day, and I said, well, that's all Whopper John. And they're like, what the heck are you talking about? I said, haven't you ever heard that? They're like, no. Hey, this part, I have not heard of that one. I was about to ask that. <laughs> I have not heard of that one. So um, it just means you know. messed up. <laughs> well, hey, all things are old are new again. So we're just helping our kids expand their vocabulary. Yeah. I, I meant I meant someone over the age of 21. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, so you know what I would love to to know is why did you decide to become an educator? We all have our different reasons yeah. for jumping into this, but I'd love to know, like, yeah. why? Well, uh, my dad was a teacher, and I was, and this is one of the greatest things about my youth in terms of my job now, is I was a massive slacker in high school. I was one of those kids, I looked at school as a social opportunity it was a chance to play football and hang out with some cute girls and did a lot of things I shouldn't have done back in high school, but school was not high on my priority list. So I was probably the last person in class that someone would look at and say, well, he's probably going to be a teacher someday. But then I got to college and really started to apply myself. And for some reason, I'm not sure why, I don't really remember, but I guess maybe it was a panic. <laughs> but I, I started to... <laughs> apply myself and things started to come easier. And I graduated from Muskingum University, liberal arts college in uh, Southeastern Ohio. And I didn't know what to do next. So I decided to go up to the Ohio State University, my alma mater and get a master's degree in history. And I knew that education was in my family. And I thought I would teach for maybe a year or two before I got serious about earning a fortune or doing something amazing. And Marlena, I got in that classroom and I was like, this is a lot of fun, man. These kids are really neat. They're energizing. I, I'm enjoying going to work every day. And then one year turned into two and I made the decision, I'm, I'm going to stick with this a little longer. And I think about last weekend, I decided I, I'd just go ahead and stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> last weekend, after how many years? <laughs> 32, sister. That's a lot. 32. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that. 
I love to hear everybody's journey uh, because I think, yeah. you know, we can't separate who we are from, from how we teach as what? well necessarily. So I think it makes us a, either a better teacher. I think it makes us a better teacher, our experiences like that. So, and, and you know, it's so interesting you say that because I am reluctant to, to say that I'm a teacher because I don't look at my job as defining me. And like, I look at the people in my little social studies department. I mean, we're as different as night and day. So if we all, somebody met us all, we would all say, well, we're a teacher, but really to be honest with you, that's, that's somewhat limiting. But it, it's funny that uh, you asked that question because in Ohio, I can retire at 31 years. And when, when I had 20 years in, I thought, wow, I could retire in 10 years. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and enjoy myself. Now that I could retire, I don't wanna retire. I just couldn't imagine losing it. I, I'd, I'd be miserable without seeing these young folks. Well, they, they keep you young, you know, I think. Yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> they, they do. Keep you young, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm like a Honda Civic, you know. I got, I got about <laughs> 50,000 miles on me. I got, I got plenty left. Plenty left on the odometer. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, one of the things that I was told uh, by the kids when I first started teaching, I won't tell you how long ago because then you'll do the new math <laughs> that they call Common Core and realize yeah. that I'm a tad older than 28. Um, I mean, you these guys. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, they would say, like, you don't look like a teacher. You don't yeah. dress like a teacher. You don't act like a teacher. And I thought about that. And I would tell them, well, I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I'm a facilitator. You know, I am an innovator. I'm an encourager, you know, and I'm your partner in crime while you're on this journey of, of school and learning and growing. So um, I love that I, would, I was able to kind of, De, you know, debunk the stereotype <laughs> of what they thought, you know, teachers looked like and act like. And I think that helped me build relationships and, and just helped increase the engagement because they saw me as, um, and as an adult, but someone that would push their thinking mm -hmm. in an unconventional way and, and that they could relate to me. It also helped I had a mohawk back then too. So, oh my you know, I can give them something to think about and talk about. So <laughs> might as well be something good. But they saw that as, as being relatable. So how can we get our teachers to relate to their kids when we talk about engagement? You know, um, this is one thing I talked about in my first book. It, it's such an easy thing to do. It doesn't take really any planning whatsoever. Remember when you were in kindergarten and you did show and tell? Yes. Right? Yes. So I was, I was in kindergarten. I'm just a little guy. And I'm sitting around. And there are all these big kids in there. And I'm about half scared of them. And we did uh, show and tell the first day, and this big kid, man, I, mean, I was scared to death of him, gets up and talks about his teddy bear. So all of a sudden, I'm thinking, well, <laughs> that's reassuring. <laughs> you know, this, this big, scary guy has got a teddy bear. I, I, I shouldn't be so afraid of this kid. So, uh, you know, kids are intimidated by adults a lot of times, even though they don't act like it. And, and you, need to, you need to become more approachable. And the way you can do that is just share some things about your life, just like show and tell. I mean, something that happened to you over the weekend, if you made a good meal, just put it on there. You took your, uh, you took your spouse to a good movie, show the trailer, ask if anybody's seen it. Just small things. They don't take hardly any time out of the class at all. And if you have time for a, a, a brief story, I have to tell it to you. Do we have time? Absolutely. Yes, please. We have time. Yes. So we got this uh, great custodian in our building. He and I are buddies. And he comes in every day. And Marlena, when school's out, I am 
done. I mean, I am just like, I just like I run a, a mile race or something. I'm laying on the floor, kicking back. And he always comes in and just shoots the bull with me. And I had this, I just got this dog. He's a part pug and part dachshund, really funny looking little dog. And so I showed a picture of this dog to my custodian. He goes, Jim, that dog needs his nails trimmed. Well, his wife owns a dog grooming salon. I could see where this was going. <laughs> so, so, so I take my dog over there and I take pictures of the dog, you know, up in the little thing, getting his toenails trimmed, take pictures of all the dogs in the shop, take pictures of his wife, lead with that the next day. And, you know, some kids like that, they like seeing pictures of dogs. They thought it was cute and all this. This girl who never said a word to me all year. I mean, I, I thought she didn't like me. You know, never, never said a word. Comes walking up to me after class, and she's got a little spell sofa on out, her hands trembling. She goes, Mr. Stern, let me show you a picture of my dog. So in other words, just by taking a couple minutes out of class and just sharing this really pointless little story about me going to get my dog's toenails trimmed, open that door. And, and teachers need to do that. I mean, some, some of these kids think that they sleep in the – school on the weekend. I mean, <laughs> I mean they, uh, they get up on Saturday and put on a sweater vest or something like that. I mean, you, you have to show that you're human and approachable. And that's you know, easy to do. It's so easy. You just have to, yeah. you can't be too busy to, yeah. uh, to get to know your kids. That, mm -hmm. you know, James, that reminded me of a, of a, of a story over, that I shared with when I taught social studies. And yeah. I was trying to explain guerrilla warfare. Huh. and how the colonists were able to be successful over the <clears throat> English army during uh, the fight for independence. And so, you know, I'm looking at these middle schoolers, eighth graders, and I'm like, how can I relate this to them? And this is, you know, I had my, I had, they were taking notes, they were, they were engaged <clears throat> asking questions, but I, I really wanted them to understand, like, this was huge in how they won. And so I, I stopped and shared with them that, I said, I have brothers, I have two older brothers, I'm the baby. They received yeah. a lot of whippings at my expense, you know, from my dad. I said, so we kind of had this contentious relationship. And I said, and, you know, when I'd want to um, get back at them, I said, now they weren't <laughs> allowed to hit me because boys aren't allowed to hit girls. <laughs> but they were of the mindset that girls shouldn't hit boys. I said, so, you know, when I wanted to get at them, I would hit them and then I'd run. <laughs> and, well, that's awesome. And, and so, that's awesome, man. I shared that story and I said, and so I didn't just stay there and wait to get hit back. You know, that would yeah. be just dumb on my part. You know, yeah. I would hit them and then I would run and try to find my dad uh, if I could. <laughs> so he could run interference. I said, but that's kind of how the colonists did with the English. They wouldn't just that's stand good. in a the line. They would yeah. hide in the trees and, and attack and then, you know, go back and then attack again. So, you know, it was so funny because the kids in their essay question would write their experiences where they had hit and run their brother or sister and compared it to, you know, the colonist uh, strategy of guerrilla warfare. So you did, so. you did two things there. Number okay. one, you, you taught your students about you. I mean, you became more approachable. You have a common story that you can uh, share with them, share with each other. And then number two, you taught them about guerrilla warfare. Exactly, exactly. And, and the yeah. kids would just come up and tell me these awesome stories about their siblings, you know, and, and Heck yeah. it was wonderful. <laughs> yes, yes. Love it, man. All right. So Excellent we are story. just about out of time. 
Um, but if there is one thing that you could share with those that are listening, whether they're listening live or mm -hmm. listening to the recording of, of today's after the chat, when it comes to student engagement, what's one thing that you would leave them with? If you aren't having fun, they ain't gonna be having fun. It's that simple. I mean, it's just it's just that simple. So you I need to find a, you need to find a way to find you know ask the question about bringing joy in the classroom. That applies to teachers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's like a first principle, man. Absolutely. Hey, James, where can they find your book and how can they get in touch with you, uh, mm -hmm. those that are listening, if they have more questions or, or whatever it might be? Well, I can tell you, anybody that commented at all, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to follow them on Twitter. So that's one contact right there. It's at James Sturdivant. And um, book's available on Amazon. It's easy to pick up. And then uh, I can promise you if, you, if you contact me, I'll contact you back. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was the best hack ever on April Fool's Day. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better way to start off April than to have you, yeah. James, lead us in hacking engagement. It was a...